The smallest category of new cars on the Australian market, the micros, have not been selling well of late. So far this year, the sales are down 31% compared to last year. Not many companies compete in this segment. Only six manufacturers have serious products still on offer. The class leader is the Mitsubishi Mirage, followed by the Nissan Micra, the Fiat 500, the Suzuki Solerio and the Holden Spark. A number of cars have tried and failed, including the Volkswagen Up, which was impressive with some good technology, including automatic emergency braking. But alas, it fell by the wayside. Most of the cars in this category seem to have stood still as far as development goes, or at least not kept pace with the developments and refinements that all other segments seem to be making. The Hyundai i10, which is sold overseas, is apparently a good car that would fit into this market segment, but the cost to get it from the Turkey plant to Australia made it unviable. But things are about to change. Holden has released its new Spark to very positive reviews. We will be driving it soon and we will bring you a full road test. The other change is that Kia has launched its Picanto. This very small car has been on sale for nearly five years in Europe, but Kia has now got it into our market. Price is very important in microcars. The Picanto will be 14990 drive away. That is not bargain basement price, but it does come standard with an automatic gearbox. Does this car represent real progress in the market? Paul Morell from practicalmotoring.com.au and I were at the launch and he joins us on the line now. Paul, lovely to talk to you. And you, David. Let's talk about the basics of the car, then we'll touch on the market situation. Only one model, and what's the engine that comes with it? The engine, David, is a 1.25 litre four-cylinder, and some of the cars in this category have a three-cylinder motor, as you'd be well aware. I think it's called the Kia Kappa engine range. It's a really nice little engine. I love it where it's 1.25. Oh, yes. When it's that small, you're really trying to... Most people would call it a 1.2. I think it's actually uh, you know, 1,248 cubic centimetres. Now, now we are cutting hairs. <laughs> it, it's a lovely reflection of the market. Yeah, I, I thought not a bad little engine. The gearbox, it, does that have its limitations? Uh, it's an interesting one. Um, Certainly the Mirage and the and the Spark both use a constant velocity transmission, the CVT, whereas the Picanto sort of has a, a more traditional four-speed auto. Now, these days, four-speed autos, we tend to look down our noses on them because we're looking at five speeds and six speeds and seven speeds and eight speeds and now nine speeds. Four-speed is, is at the very bottom of the range, and in some ways, I guess that reflects the age of the model. Uh, as you said in your introduction, this car's been on sale overseas now for five years, so it is in the sort of final stages of its model life, and that's one example of that is the fact it has a four-speed gearbox, four-speed auto gearbox. Now, when we were driving it on the open road, Look, it wasn't a problem. It, it changed up and down. It performed perfectly well. But sitting on 110 k's an hour, which some people would argue was probably not this car's comfort zone, but sitting on 110 k's an hour, you sort of were sitting there going, oh, please change up into, a, into that non-existent fifth gear. Yeah, when you change down to, say, third gear up a hill to accelerate a bit, a little engine and a limited number of ratios in the gearbox, it did seem to make a pretty major jump which made for a bit more noise and a bit less comfort. But as you say, that's not going to be its natural environment. Fuel economy, it 5.6 litres, not class leading, but not too bad. No, no, again, it's, it's probably representative or emblematic of its age. 5.6 is, you know, you wouldn't complain about 5.6, but I think 
in this category, small small town cars, you have every reason to expect it to be closer to five than five point six. So it's acceptable, but not great. It's actually they don't weigh a great deal. Eight hundred and eighty-five kilograms as its tear weight is rather good. But of course, we are talking about a small car. Yeah, I have shoes that weigh more than that. Um, eight hundred and eighty kilograms is. is particularly lightweight and it's quite interesting when you approach the car you open the, the, the door and it feels quite light quite I was going to say flimsy but it feels very sort of insubstantial is probably a better word and you lift the tailgate and it feels insubstantial and that's all down to the fact that it weighs 880 kilograms however um, that impression of, of being a, a fairly insubstantial car is completely belied by the fact it got five stars in Euro NCAP testing and five stars just the other just the other day in ANCAP testing, so it's obviously quite a tough little sod under its under its lightweight exterior. And also, I think a bit better even in that feel than some of the competition. One of the things you get in a small car is a fairly small boot, and this has only uh, 200 litres with the back seats up. I think you'll rarely be used for a family car, so maybe you can fold the back seats down and have 600 litres, which is quite reasonable. But with all seats up, it is a, a little bit confined in space. The other thing is 14-inch steel wheels. Do they look a little dinky? No, surprisingly, well, it's, it's, there are two ways to look at it. Because the wheel arches themselves are quite tightly created around the wheels, the 14-inch wheels don't look out of place. Quite often what happens when you get a 14-inch wheel or a small-inch wheel on a car, the designers have, uh, have made the wheel arches wider in order to accommodate bigger wheels. So you might want to put optional 16-inch wheels on or 18-inch wheels or you know 22-inch wheels if you're where you're capped backwards and, and listen to hip-hop. But in this particular case, the car has been designed to, to match the wheels, so they don't look out of place. Whereas if the wheel arches were bigger, they would, they would look tiny this part of the market, you're not going to get a huge number of standard features, but a, a few practical ones. Yes, yes, it does quite well with um, standard standard equipment, really. You know, always, I guess, we have to come back to the price and keep saying, well, you know, it's, it's for the money. I mean, remembering that it's auto and a 14990 even in this, this titular range, you know, auto usually costs an extra $2,000 or $2,500. So when someone quotes a nice, wonderful, you know, look at our 13990 drive away price or whatever it is priced, you then have to factor in another 2000 So the Picanto is, in fact, a very, very good value car at 14990 with auto. When you know they list their major features as a manually controlled air conditioning and a trip computer, you know that you're at that end of the market. No cruise control, no rear camera or things like that. But still, I just found it... It was almost nice to get in the car that wasn't almost burdened by huge technology that you probably never come to grips with all of it. Sure. It's, it's, again, it's, it's a matter of horses for courses. It's what that car is going to be used for. As you say, no reversing camera. Yeah, a little bit of a concern. It is a town car. You know, you'd like to be able to see what's going on behind the rear bumper bar. And the rear vision through that rear window close up can be a little difficult. Kid on a trike sitting behind that car would be invisible to the driver if he was very close to the rear bumper bar. You'd like to see a reversing camera. It does, however, have reversing sensors. Cruise control, I think, is becoming almost almost obligatory these days around town. Even if you're doing 60 k's an hour, it's nice just to hit cruise control and know that the car is keeping you somewhere in cooey of the speed limit. There are missions that I think Kia themselves would like to have. There's certainly things that I'm sure they'd love to have as options, but it's just, again, because of the age of the model, just not possible. Talking about the market, only three of the top 10 car sellers in Australia have a car in this segment. Damien Meredith, their chief operating officer, says 
it is well known and a proven mantra that to be a success, you need to do the one percenters. The small segment, uh, the micro segment is one percent of the whole market. You have to do those well. I'm not sure that was a well known mantra, but nonetheless, the Holden Spark has come out. Uh, that's a pretty significant improvement. Yes, I think the Spark will sort of direct a bit more attention to the class, the micro class, and that. Obviously, Damien's point of view with the Picanto, and it must have been an incredibly difficult decision, David, um, to bring out a car that is in the last year or so of its of its model life, to bring it in at that sort of price to, as Kia does, to offer a seven-year unlimited kilometre warranty. All those factors must have made it a very difficult decision. But I think Kia are looking forward to 12 months, 18 months hence. They need to have a, or they want to have a presence in that category. Hyundai have abandoned it, as you say, because the i10 just, they couldn't make the numbers add up with the i10 to fit into that class. So Kia is going to position itself beautifully when the new model arrives to to take the lion's share of what should be a growing category. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to be a huge category, but by taking this sort of proactive stance, in 18 months' time, I think they'll reap the benefit. I think it was a case with Hyundai not going into the market that Kia saw a good opportunity to differentiate itself in one segment, entry level, get people into knowing the brand, get them familiar with things like the seven-year warranty, which you've mentioned and I still think is one of the really great features. Uh, but you can get a lot of the product in the next car up in the category for a pretty competitive price, around sixteen nine ninety, a couple of grand higher, and you can be into a bigger car. Yeah, this is one of the this is one of the sort of fallacies that I think we as motoring journalists tend to fall into. I mean, we define cars by by segment, so we say micro segment, small car segment, whatever. And I'm not too sure buyers tend to do that. When they walk into a showroom, they walk in with a budget in mind, and that budget may be anything from 14000 like 14990 to $16,000. And they will look at all the cars within that category, now, or within that price range. Now, if one of those cars happens to be from the segment above, so be it. I don't think I say, oh, no, I won't look at that because I'm actually looking for a micro car. Uh, it's an interesting yeah. sort of artificial division in some ways. And as we found in a lot of these categories, there's a massive amount of overlap. It's, it's hard to explain when someone says, oh, this is a medium-sized SUV and this is a large SUV. There doesn't seem to be a great deal of logic in those divisions because there is overlap, obviously. I think that in many cases, uh, people just uh, make the point on, on a little feature rather than necessarily uh, the, the overall size of it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as I said, we've, we've got to remember that we're talking in a, a price, such a price-sensitive market it's going to come down to, I like this little car. I also, you know, I'm so pleased to see these cars, particularly the Picanto, getting a five-star safety rating because this is the car that first-time first buyers and young people are going to buy. I mean, the market for this car is going to be young people, retirees, and fleet. Sounds like a sort of two ends of the market plus a bit in the middle. <laughs> young people are probably going to buy, well, they reckon that uh, private sales will be like 80% and 20% will go to fleet. Of the private sales, 70% will be bought by young buyers and the other 30% by retirees. Now, the option for most young buyers is I can buy a Picanto for $14,000 and get five-star safety rating and off I go. Or I can buy a second-hand car, which is questionably reliable, questionably safe. It's going to change the used car market to some extent. And I'm really pleased to see that young people can now get into cars with five-star safety ratings. Having said that, however, the, the word of warning is that physics won't be denied. 
an 800 kilogram car being hit by a two two thousand kilogram SUV is always going to come off worst. But at least it has five star safety rating. I think that's an excellent point. I think that really does cover it up. And as always, Paul, you inform us greatly with your wisdom and your reflections. Thank you once again for your input. Thank you, David. Lovely to talk to you as always. And that's Paul Morell from practicalmotoring.com.au talking about the micro segment of the market and the new player, the Kia Picanto.